Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. I give you permission to prune. We love you. It's in your name, Jesus, that we ask these things today. Amen. It seems that in the midst of the rushing river and currents of culture, how everything seems to be being erased and canceled and removed, whether it's a statue, whether it's a document, a sacred document, whether it's a person's achievements. In light of that and in light of some personal situations that I've been faced with um, for the last year my sister's been dealing with cancer breast cancer and recently my mom's been in the hospital and I've been asking a lot of questions in light of all of these things is there anything in our life that will last when we look at 2021 and see things removed and erased we have to ask ourselves: will anything that we do be left untouched from the generations that come after us I've asked myself the question since my wife and I have no kids we're unable to have kids what will happen when the last person that I know and knows me who remembers me has their last breath Will I, begin, will I cease to exist when the last person who remembers me is dead? Is there anything in our life that will last? Jesus has some things to answer about this. He says, I chose you. I chose you. You didn't choose me. And I chose you for a specific purpose. I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. That no one, regardless whether they have become aware and awakened to a new understanding of humanity, that no one can touch. That it will last forever that it will be there for eternity so is there anything that you and I can do in our lifetime that in 50, 100 200 years from now and those generations looking back will it ever last and the answer is yes yes but it's not going to be what you think it is. It's not going to be your achievements. 
it's not going to be your inheritance. It's not going to be those things in which you hold high and dear today. I mean, all of my trophies and medals that I accrued in my high school and college careers are in a plastic bag, boxed up, and in the basement. Those will burn up just like anything else. You and I have been chosen for a very specific purpose, to bear fruit. Now, see, when I received Jesus Christ as, as a 19-year-old kid who knew nothing of my future, and I only had my future to look forward to, I wasn't really living in the present. I didn't understand this whole thing about Jesus Christ and this whole thing about the kingdom of God, this whole thing about the church and what my life was supposed to be. I didn't get it. But there was something that instinctively happened inside of me. It was the spring following the fall that I received Christ that I was asked to give my testimony at the Baptist Student Union on campus during revival. And so I, I knew that this night was a pretty big deal. I didn't really know what I was going to say but I invited several of my friends to come. One in particular, her name was Barbie. She was a good friend of mine. She was a soccer player. And I took her out to the bridge just right off campus by the chapel. And I said, Barbie, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I invited you here so that you could hear what I had to say to share my story and I said Barbie you I know you well enough and you know me well enough I just want to share with you Jesus Christ I'd only been a believer I don't know five months four or five months but I knew that I was to share Christ with my friends I didn't know how to do it I didn't know what to say I fumbled through a lot of things Barbie received Christ that night at the BSU had I not had that opportunity to share with her I don't know Jesus said bear fruit and it was so important that he taught about bearing fruit or not bearing fruit that scripture from Mark chapter 11 that story where Jesus is on his way to the temple I actually have used this as a scripture during wedding ceremonies a really odd scripture for a wedding ceremony right it doesn't make sense usually you, you share the, the love chapter 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 13 you know love is patient love is kind all, all that mushy stuff no this is the scripture this is the story I tell. So with the bride and groom standing before me, eye to eye and looking at me, I share this text. And I say Jesus was with his disciples the last week of his life. And he was traveling early in the morning to the temple. And he saw in the distance a tree, a fig tree, mind you. And at this point in season, the fig tree wasn't really to be leafy at all but this tree was an anomaly 
And Jesus was hungry. Folks, he was fully God, but also fully human. We need to understand that. He was hungry. He was a Nazarene. Yeah. Love to eat. And so he saw the tree in the distance, and it was full of leaves, which means it should have fruit on its branches. And as he got closer and closer, and he looked, and he inspected the tree, he realized the tree had no fruit. The tree had the appearance of being fruitful. But it had no fruit. It was deceiving. The tree itself was deceiving. Oh, look at my life. I look leafy, but it's producing nothing. And so what does Jesus do? He cursed it. And so with the bridegroom and bride before me, I say, listen, it's very evident that Jesus wants our lives to be fruitful. He doesn't want our lives to have the appearance of fruit. He wants it to produce fruit. You, as husband and wife, are about to embark on a journey together. And on that journey, your life is to be fruitful. Not necessarily bearing kids, but bearing fruit in your life. You, as a husband, as I look to him, are to sharpen her. Your first disciple is your wife. And I look to her and I say, your first disciple is your husband. And should you have children, those are your first disciples. You need to sharpen them. And by sharpening, you will develop fruit. It is imperative. And it is a command that we bear fruit in our life. See, Jesus was disappointed because that fig tree was actually a metaphor. It was a metaphor for Israel and the leadership of Israel. See, they hadn't been producing fruit. Legalism does not produce fruit. It just weighs you down. It makes life that much more hard and difficult. Jesus came that you may have freedom in your life. See, that parable that Jesus spoke in Luke 13, notice what the owner of the vineyard came looking for. He came looking for fruit, to find no fruit three years in a row. I don't know if Jesus is like this healthy eater or what, but he's looking for fruit. I chose you. I appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that will last. When Jesus talks about fruit, what is he talking about? In the New Testament, there are several different uses for the term fruit. One, the obvious like fruit itself, the thing that actually comes off the tree that you physically can eat. Figs, they're delicious. Especially when they're in the form of Newtons. They're great, right? But there's other uses of the word fruit. Two in particular that matter to us today. One, 
fruit of the heart. That means your character. That means your integrity. Those things that are a result of your heart, your choices, your actions, your lifestyle. Fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul lists out this long list of the fruit of the Spirit, and we in Christendom have cheesed it up and made it into some corny songs. But the fruit of the Spirit is peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those actions that are produced out of your heart. Jesus himself said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're really curious, yes, your word life, the language that you use, is a product of your heart, and it is a heart issue. Jesus also said, watch out for the wolves in sheep's clothing, for those false prophets. You'll recognize them by what? Their fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. You will recognize them by their fruit. If you watch life, someone's life long enough, you will understand and realize what fruit they're producing in their life. Fruit of the heart. Thought life. Heart life. What's in there? Sin produces sin. Sin produces death, right? The other fruit is fruit of salvation. The other usage. When Jesus was walking, uh, trekking down from the north to the south, going to Jerusalem for his last time, he had to travel through Jericho for the last time. We have this story in Luke chapter 19 where we find this young man, this man, he's a chief tax collector. His name's Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus is a short, wee little man. There's the song for you. Congratulations, that'll be in your head all day. You're welcome. That was for free. But Zacchaeus being a tax collector, a chief tax collector, by the way, was very good at what he did. He was very good at cheating and lying and stealing. But yet, in Zacchaeus, <clears throat> excuse me, he had a curiosity for God himself. And he had a curiosity for Jesus. Yet, the whole crowd prevented Zacchaeus from seeing and meeting Jesus. <clears throat> so what did Zacchaeus do? He climbed a sycamore fig tree so that he can see. And under that tree, Jesus stops and he calls Zacchaeus down. <clears throat> I must go to your house. And in that moment, we have this brilliance of heart that happens in the life of Zacchaeus. He said, if I have stolen, I will pay back four times what I've stolen. And I will give half of my possessions to the poor. And Jesus says, today, salvation has come to your house. Zacchaeus is that low-hanging fruit that Jesus is having this commentary about this leafy fig tree that has this appearance of fruit but has produced nothing. Zacchaeus is that low-hanging fruit that Israel should have produced 
He's right there. He's wanting God. He's hungry for God. Yet everybody ignored him. And no one gave him a shot. Fruit. I chose you. I appointed you. To go and bear fruit. Thank you. That was really nice of you. Oh, that's better. Awkward, right? Thank you, Sandy, very, very much. I've appointed you to bear fruit. What's he talking about? Is it a both and? Is it fruit of the heart and fruit of the spirit? Is it an either or? Fruit of the heart or fruit of the spirit? Is it chicken or the egg? That's that whole dilemma. And in this time, is it is it the chicken or the Reese's peanut butter egg? Folks, it's a both and. Your life is to produce fruit of the Spirit. Your anger and your hatred and your sinfulness transform to love and peace and holiness, right? The language, the actions come out of the heart and as the spirit's in your life and he transforms you 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 engage with god you engage with the scriptures fruit produces in your life but jesus is also talking about fruit around you in the lives that are around you he's looking for fruit do you present your life To have the appearance that it's fruitful. Yet, when you have closer inspection, it lacks anything, any substance. We must ask that question. You must ask that question. Because Jesus is going to ask that question of you and me and this church and the church as a whole. If you bear his name, you bear the responsibility. John chapter 15. These are the last moments with his disciples around the table before he journeys to the Garden of Gethsemane and wrestles with the will of God. This is before the disciples scatter. Having his last moments of teaching. Judas has already skirted out the room. And this is where Jesus links up the image and fruit. He said, Remain in me, you will bear fruit. I'm the vine, Father's the gardener. And then he says, I'm the vine and you're the branch. Remain in me, and you will bear fruit. You can't do anything apart from me. That sounds pretty. That sounds beautiful. That's the good stuff, right? Yet, we often skip over. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Did you catch it? 
there's a cutting that happens. Whether you like it or not, whether you are fruitful or not, there's a cutting that happens. Both are painful. One removes you from the vine, the other prunes you so that you will be even more fruitful. It's really interesting to me that the further we move away from that salvation moment where we receive Jesus Christ in our life, we become less fruitful, meaning less and less people we share the gospel with. Less and less people we actually get to pray the prayer of salvation with. I wonder why that is. Honestly, I think it's because we don't like the process of pain. Pruning's painful. It hurts. Because you become aware of where you're not aligned. You become aware of those actions of the heart, those choices from the mind. You become very clear where you're sinful, where you miss the mark. And you then have to make a decision. Repent, ask for forgiveness, and choose differently, empowered by the Spirit. We don't like the pain. But let me just tell you, whether you're producing fruit or not producing fruit, there's a cutting that will happen, and both are painful. But one's removing you from the vine. That's the most painful. Does your life have the appearance of fruit? Or is there truly fruit happening in your life? Is there a transformation of your heart and your mind? Remain in me and I will remain in you. Jesus is literally looking back over his shoulder to let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So God created man in his image, in his likeness created them male and female right but wait for it then he says God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth now granted I understand the context of this moment there's very few human beings on the face of the earth go fill 15 passenger vans with kids have at it as many as you can, right? That's what he's, yeah, you get it. But if you look in Genesis chapter 9, when God is talking to Noah, he also says the same thing. He talks about murder and killing those who bear the image of God. And then he says, go and be fruitful when you are connected to the image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ, it should be a natural byproduct. Because he links it up, even in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. He links it up. You ever thought, 
Hey. There were all those trees in the garden. You can eat from all of them. They were good for the eye and good for food. Eat from any one of them. But it was fruit. The fruit of a tree that took them down. That took mankind down. Folks, your fruitfulness is directly connected to your willingness to be pruned by Christ himself, by the gardener, by God. Your fruitfulness is directly related to your willingness to be pruned. Are you allowing your life to be pruned? It's a painful process. But that's what we're purposed to do is produce fruit. So, today, we're going to have a moment of prayer here shortly. And then I will call up Alyssa Locke afterward. Your life's to bear fruit. I want to urge you to surrender to the pruning process. Just surrender to it. Let him cut away the things in your life that are distracting you, that are producing fruitless things in your life, that really aren't producing anything. Surrender to the pruning process. I'd like for you to pray. And ask God that you produce fruit, that there is fruit production in your life. Fruit of the Spirit, those things of your character, those things of your behavior, those things of your choices, but also fruit of salvation. When's the last time you had a conversation with somebody about Jesus Christ? Who wasn't in the church? Who didn't know Christ at all? Who have you been praying for? Pray for that someone today. Who is it you've been praying for? If you haven't been praying for anybody, I'm not going to knock you. Let's start today. Let's start today. Start today. If you've got someone in mind, pray for them. By name, that they may be tendered to His Spirit. Recognize their need for God. And that God would use you, you, in their life. And the other is invite and bring people to church on Sunday. Folks, churches grow not because of the pastor, because of you. Because of you. They grow because of you. Because you love people. You care for people that the pastors cannot, the staff cannot. You are many. I am few. Invite and bring others into the church. But that does not abdicate from your, your, your appointed purpose to produce fruit. So, 
those things are the action steps that I'd like for you to pray over this morning. Sandy's going to play a little ditty on the piano. And I'd like for you to pray. So would you do that now? Just bow your heads and bow your hearts, and I'd like for you to pray. Father, we, we surrender ourselves truly uh, to the pruning process. Cut away whatever it is that does not belong, that is not producing anything in our life. Anything of the spirit, anything of the heart, and anything of salvation. Cut it away. Because our lives are purposed to produce fruit that will last. Those things that cannot be taken away those treasures in which we store up in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy Father you know the many people that I've been lifting up for salvation and you know the many people that this congregation has been lifting up for salvation and I celebrate the one that had received Christ the other day I saw on Facebook, I praise the Lord for that glory to God and it is to your glory, O oh Father. Lord, we're a church that wants to be fruitful, that asks to be fruitful. Lord, there's a harvest out there in our community, people like Zacchaeus that are hungry, that are looking for you. May we not be the people that are pushing them in, uh, uh, away and providing distance between them and you, but may we be the people that are calling them down out of the tree and being with them and sharing the unconditional love of Christ and the grace that you have given us. God, may our lives be fruitful, not only in character, but in salvation. And Father, I've seen it happening over the course of these last several months that people have just been coming into this place and have been finding peace and belonging and love probably for the first time in a very long time. Lord, may we not hold on to this, but may we cast this out into our community. May we invite those that we know and that we love and that we care for. May we invite the stranger that we have just met into experience you. May we be fruitful, Father. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. I encourage you to take a picture of this so that these are the things you're praying for in your life. 
Would you do that? Would you do that? With that said, um, I'd like to invite Alyssa Locke up before we close out today. And uh, welcome back. We're just going to have a, a, a short moment of, of prayer for Alyssa. And uh, we're going to present to her um, what you guys have have raised for the Family Life Center. Um, you guys are doing an amazing ministry, and I uh, appreciate you taking time out to come here to this body, because you have your own body of Christ that you're a part of, and uh, you actually were teaching evangelism classes this morning, right? And so... Um, you were kind of talking or learning a little bit about this. Um, and so, Alyssa, we, this, is, this is a check from, from Wapaknaz to the Family Life Center, and, and we are very grateful for the ministry that you, you do here in this community and, and the lives that you're impacting because you are impacting lives. Um, according to Ruth, um, there's $778.21. Uh, for you, and that's not counting the check that was given to you about three weeks ago. So, thank you, Wapaknas, for investing into our community and into ministries that are really um, impacting lives. And so, uh, would you, would you, Chris, would you mind coming up? I, I, you're on the spot right now. Would you mind coming up? Um, hot seat. But would you mind standing behind and, and just laying a hand on Alyssa? And the reason that I asked Chris to come up is because Chris and Laura, um, about back in 2019, in December of 2019, when, when Alyssa came and shared at the front end of December and came back, um, Chris and Laura decided, you know what, that's a place that I can invest my time in, that I can minister to minister in and so Chris and Laura spend three hours on Saturdays um, investing their time and connecting with community through the Family Life Center and support Family Life Center through their actions we firmly believe that we cannot do everything in this church we're not going to be able to be all things but what we can do is we can go out into our community in places where we can minister such as this and so would you please stand and I'd like for you to pray for Alyssa. And I'd like for you to pray for the Family Life Center and those that work there and serve there and those that come there, those women and families that are in need. So would you mind bowing your head? Father, we're grateful for Alyssa. You have chosen the right warrior for the Wapakoneta location. Her heart is for this community but ultimately her heart is for Christ and she is seeking your heart for wisdom and understanding to navigate, to grow the Family Life Center and the reach and the impact into people's lives. Lord, we, we hope, one, that lives are physically saved that babies are physically saved and able to breathe and live life because of the Family Life Center and the love and care they receive, the generosity and the truth. But we also ask that 
lives are saved souls are saved as a result of their ministry may this be a place that has a gravity that pulls people in from within the community may people just show up there not even realizing where they've shown up to but may they have a divine moment may they meet Christ Lord will you provide donors financially and physically that are willing to invest in the FLC and folks that will lead the FLC into the future to have a great impact on Wapakoneta and Auglaize County in the kingdom of God we love you and we praise you Jesus it's in your name that we ask these things today Amen. Folks, may you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Wapaknaz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you. And that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.